0: Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Hashtag Murder. Woo-hoo. I'm Scar. I'm Alex. And we're millennials who love murder. And strip clubs with punny names. <laughs> strip clubs? Yeah, there's one of them in this episode. <laughs> oh, okay. <That's laughs> with fun. With a punny name. Oh, Lord. All right. I'm excited about that. Um, oh, before we get into it, <laughs> uh, Dustin had to take Brayden to soccer practice because Harley and Clinton are at dance practice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so Dustin, right before he left, he took a shower and then he left. And he likes to put his hair up in a turban, oh, like to let, to let it dry. Yeah, he uses my hair towels to put his hair up in a turban. And he literally went and picked him up and dropped him off at soccer practice. I love this. Put his hair in a turban. And I hope that all the kids at soccer practice thought that was Clinton. <laughs> uh they probably did they i mean they look similar enough from afar yeah yeah the so beard, the beard could throw them off it's the beard yeah <laughs> and if he doesn't see the hair which he wouldn't he would just see the hair turban <laughs> yeah. he might think it's clinton oh he had a green hair turban on it was so silly <laughs> oh shit and also i made a chicken pot pie for dinner well yep. it's a chicken pot pie casserole what's what makes it a casserole <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's just all I'm known for. I'm known yeah. for casserole. Yeah. Clinton was like, literally today, he was like, "Scarsh, oh, that girl, she can turn anything into a casserole. <laughs> I really can. Oh, chicken, beef, fucking seafood. I haven't ventured into that yet, but I'm oh, sure it's boy. a thing. Yeah. Oh, man. But I, I do love a good casserole. They're very comforting. Yeah. It's They're very, very homey. It's very homey, mid- Midwest comforting food. Yeah. That's why you like it. <laughs> That's true. And speaking of the Midwest, oh, we're going to Esterville, Iowa. Oh, Iowa? Iowa. Oh, well, we start. Okay. We start in Iowa. Oh, all mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I, I know think... that you know the name of this one, but she, he is born in Iowa. Oh, okay. All right. we're going to talk about Robert Christian Hansen today. Oh. All right. Who was born February 15th, 1939, in Esterville, Iowa. Oh, uh, he's an Aquarius. Yes, you should know that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, good old Dusty Buns. Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, he is the oldest of two siblings, and his mother, Edna, was from America, and his father, Christian, was from a Danish immigrant. Yeah. So, uh, the Hansen family moved to Richmond, California, when Robert was three, but they moved back to Iowa seven years later in 1949. Oh. And guess what their town in Iowa was called? What? Pocahontas. <gasps> he lived in Pocahontas, Iowa. Love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. All right. So Robert's father, Christian, owned a bakery in town and Robert worked through, like really long hours there when he was a kid and teenager because uh, his dad was like super strict. And... Oh, they're trying to keep old Bob out of trouble. Yeah. And they're like, we ain't paying some teenager to uh, do all this work when we can just make you do it. Yeah, sure. Child labor. <laughs> yeah. As it turns out, working at the bakery did not keep him in tr- out of trouble, but oh. we'll find out that later. Okay. So as a kid, Robert was really shy and had a difficult time making friends, especially like. He struggled, struggled, struggled when interacting with girls. Ah. Uh, he was never really able to hold any of their attention or like even get a conversation with them for very long and eventually held very hateful resentment towards them Okay. when none of the girls he found attractive would give him the time of day. Great. Because that's it. what we do when people don't give us attention. <laughs> yeah. We hate them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Robert also had really terrible acne that eventually left scars on his face, oh. which is sad. Yeah. Uh, he was naturally left-handed, but was forced to use his right hand, which apparently was like normal at the time, yeah. Um, and this caused Robert to have some self confidence issues, which then led to him developing a stutter as well. Oh, on top of already having self confidence issues. Yeah, no, it was very um, it was very frowned upon to be left handed. My grandmother is left handed, and she was forced to use her right hand as well. Did she just start start using her left hand because she got tired of using? Oh, her yeah. Hand? She was like, "Well, this hand does not work as well as the other one, so let me just use the one that works." Okay, yeah. Yep. Uh, maybe it's that's what thing. we should do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, isn't it considered like devilish or something? and like I don't I don't know to use the left hand yeah (laughs) I don't know I don't know maybe uh Robert was described by former classmates as being a loner and social outcast, but he does end up finding his niche one day in big game hunting. Oh, okay. Uh, Robert was skilled in both archery and shooting. With huh. this new hobby, he was able to channel all the rage and angst he was feeling from not fitting in. Oh, okay. Uh Robert particularly enjoyed stalking his prey before going in for the kill. Okay. Yep. Good to know. Good to know. Love Keep that, that in, love that fact. Back in the <laughs> noggin. <You're laughs> yeah. Gonna need that little oh, oh, drop in the notes. But you're going to need that later. Okay. Uh, in a later interview, after old Bobby was caught, he was quoted as saying this, and it's a little, little hard to follow, but just bear with me. Okay. Quote, going back in my life, I guess what you might call very frustrated. I would see my friends and so forth going on dates and so forth and had a tremendous desire to do that same. From the scars and so forth on my face, you can probably see why girls wouldn't want to get close to me. End quote. And so forth and so forth and so forth. He likes and so forth and so forth okay all right So basically bobby's old he's jealous because his friends are going on dates with cute girls that he likes and none of them want to give him the time of day because he has acne and a stutter ah okay all right uh which like he's not like a bad looking dude like if you google a picture him he just kind of looks like a dweeby little nerd but he's not ugly yeah. like he actually looks pretty like normal oh oh wait hold on let me look him up one moment we gotta get to the googs <laughs> this guy yeah, that guy. Oh, he's okay. Just like, I don't. I guess he's just kind of scrawny and short. He's kind of he's kind of cute whenever he's young, but like as he ages, <laughs> he, he does not age like fine wine. He kind of looks like a frog. He's <laughs> <laughs> not good. He's not super cute whenever he's old. Uh, no, but it's not. whenever he's younger, he, he ain't too bad. He's not too bad. Okay. Um, in this same interview, Robert talks about how he had a difficult time getting his stutter under control, and because of that, he hated school and never felt like he fit in anywhere, no matter how much he tried. Okay. Uh, you know, kids are dicks. Yeah. So, after Robert turned 18 in 1957, he joined the U.S. Army Reserves. Oh. Hoping to find some confidence and leave his old life of being a social outcast behind. Yeah. For while he actually did really well in this new life robert was in the reserves for one year and when he got discharged he became an assistant drill instructor there in pocahontas um at the police academy and then got married in the summer of 1960 at the age of 21 oh okay so his life is going not too yeah, bad. He's like, I'm going to join the army. I'm going to get, figure my shit out. Yeah. Got a nice girl. You know, where things are going well. Okay. All right. Cool. But maybe not. Um, so okay. a few <laughs> months into married life in December of 1960. So literally he's only been married a few months. All right. Robert starts his criminal activity. Oh boy. He enlists the help of a 16 year old boy that also worked at the bakery to help him burn down a school bus garage in Pocahontas County. Oh. Yeah. Like he's, like he's trying to get like. Yeah. It's the same high school that he went to. So he. <laughs> He's trying to get revenge on the high school he went to. Oh, okay. Yes. (laughs) The team that helped Robert uh, eventually, like, can't cope with his guilty conscience and turns both himself and Robert over to the police. Okay. Robert was sentenced to three years and got paroled after only serving 20 months. Oh, all right. Uh, While incarcerated, Robert was diagnosed with bipolar manic depression and having periodic schizophrenic episodes. That's great. Yep, that's Uh... great. Great (laughs) in general. So glad he got help for this. I was going to say, I feel like we hear about all these, like, diagnoses, and then that's all we hear. Yeah, like, schizophrenia (laughs) is... Is not a typically violent disease. Yeah. But like, I feel like I've covered like three cases, and like I got another one coming who also has schizophrenia. Yeah. And like a bunch of other things, and yeah, they kill people. But it seems like back in the day, they just they're like, well, you have this. We don't know how to fix <laughs> but we it. We don't know how to fix it. Here's here's uh, a band aid. Yeah. Okay. So I know we reviewed schizophrenia on the pod before, but just in case you haven't listened to those episodes, this is just a quick recap. Okay. Schizophrenia is a mental disorder characterized by continuous. continuous. Continuous or relapsing episodes of psychosis. The most common symptoms include hallucinations, delusions, and disorganized thinking and emotions. In Robert's case, it caused him to be withdrawn socially and unable to feel empathy for others. Ah, okay. Uh, So he also had bipolar disorder, which is a mental disorder characterized by periods of depression and abnormally elevated moods that can last from days to weeks. Okay. Less severe moods are called hypomania, while more severe are called mania. All right. Uh, So during the mania, the individual can behave abnormally energetic happy irritable and make impulsive decisions with little regard to what the consequences are okay yeah some Sagittarius energy in there <laughs> I was just- <laughs> I was about to say that that little paragraph yeah, sounds, sounds like slightly that. familiar oh shit okay um <laughs> plenty of other anxiety disorders are also common with bipolar disorder as well as substance abuse it's not clear what causes this disorder it can be both genetic and environmental but genetic factors account for about 70 to 90 percent of the risk for developing bipolar disorder oh. so it's highly likely that one of robert's parents also had this uh, okay uh, childhood trauma or abuse can also play a factor in developing bipolar disorder later in life Interesting. Since his dad was kind of strict, uh, he could have like felt trauma from that. So it could have been a mixture of either getting it from one of his parents and then also the way he was treated by his dad and like kids at school and stuff. Yeah, nature and nurture. Nature and nurture. Yeah, they're, they're two in the same. Yes. Or no, not two in the same. They go hand in hand. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, the same psychiatrist who made the bipolar and schizophrenia diagnosis also noted that Robert had a infantile personality, oh. which means that Rob was obsessed with taking revenge for the people who he felt had quote wronged him. Oh, witches, women, women. yep. Dokey. So, all right during uh, Robert's incarceration, his first wife filed for divorce. Oh, all right. Good riddance. You you dodged a bullet there. Yeah, young lady. And we don't even know her name. So we don't know she... your name. It's a good thing we don't know your name. <laughs> yeah. You keep it that yeah, way. Yeah. Okay. So after his release from prison, Robert had a hard time staying out of trouble, and he was arrested pretty regularly for petty theft. Ah, he had uh, some sticky. Fingers, yeah, it got some five five thing a <laughs> discount, yeah, okay. Uh, in 1967, oh, the year of Tommy, no, oh. Tommy Lewis. <laughs> oh, sweet. Uh, at the age of 28, Robert decides he needs a change of scenery and he makes the move to Anchorage, Alaska. Whoa, okay, yeah, That's he's like, random. Man, screw the land of potatoes, <laughs> we're going to Alaska. That's so random, okay. Haven't you, mean, you been to Alaska? Uh, I have, it was oh, a good sorry. time, <laughs> yeah, I thought you had. <laughs> it, was a, it was a real quick trip, but uh, we did a lot, it was fun. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Robert moved him and his second wife, who had he had been married to for about four years at the time, and uh, they actually would eventually have two kids there. Oh, all right. Yep. So, in Anchorage, Robert takes the skills he learned as a kiddo, and he opens up his own bakery. Oh. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, he's Bobby the Baker. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Uh, he literally got the nickname, Bob the Baker. <laughs> oh, I like Bobby the Baker better, though. <laughs> oh, um, Bobby the Baker. And okay. uh, he was well-liked and respected among the community for running a successful business, being a skilled baker, and he was always friendly with people when he, they would go into the bakery, especially cops. Ah, they and, eat their donuts. Uh, and other business owners. Yep, so he's making friendly with the right people. Okay, all right. Robert just looks like your average dude. He's got a wife, owns his own success successful business uh he's got kids things are going well yeah but he had some uh interesting quirks and personality traits that were a little a little dark oh all right let's hear about him so when not working at the bakery robert spent a lot of time outdoors and doing his favorite pastime hunting and stalking game oh yeah oh yeah i forgot you said that he yeah. was like a big hunter yes, guy, likes guns and archery and oh, you know so maybe this is why he moved to alaska yeah because well i mean you can do that in iowa but That's i know true. that like alaska's known for like 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 big game hunting and like oh yeah Uh mooseys the mooses the the mooses we saw several okay moose are my favorite animal Mm -hmm. and we saw several mooses uh, whenever Shelby and I went to Alaska and it was a lot of fun no mooseys I know um he loved them in a different way his home was filled with animal trophy mounts and he like loved showing off his work ah okay so he taxidermy them yeah Uh, like you know how like Dustin is about his uh Japanese maple. (laughs) That was that was Bobby about his, about his animal, animal heads. heads. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, in so three years running in 1969, 1970, and 1971, Robert had four animals entered into the Pope and Young record book. Oh, what's that? Uh, I had no idea what the fuck it was, <laughs> okay. so I had to Google it. And it's like apparently like a really popular animal trophy hunting book, like the Guinness World Records of hunting, essentially. Oh, that's neat. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. I was like, all right. So in the 1970s, a lot of young women were migrating up to Anchorage from the lower states because there was a trans Alaskan pipeline being built. And Oh. So a lot of manly men were up there making good money, feeling antsy to spend some cash, and the ladies were like, I gotta go up there and either get a husband or make some money. Yeah. So population in Anchorage was getting higher and higher with the oil boom that was going on at the time. The economy literally could not have been better. And with this influx of women, there was plenty of options for future victims of Bobby. Oh. Which I would be one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. I was alive in this time, I probably would have taken my ass to Alaska Three $300? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime. Uh, okay. <laughs> At the time, there was a little, like, shady area in Anchorage. Like, basically, like, Leeds Avenue for us. Uh, or spruel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Okay. Uh, it was called the Tenderloin District. Oh, okay. All and it was right. run by a crime boss. Oh, it's nice. It's like a movie. 4th uh, <laughs> yeah. Ave was, like, right in the heart of it. And if you said you were going to there, everyone knew you were going down there. Do some cheeky shit. <laughs> okay. All right. So, on 4th Avenue, you could find uh, an assortment of dance clubs all right and let me just tell you these places have the most amazing names oh okay let's hear them i'm gonna go in order of like kind of what my favorites are okay okay so we got wild cherry all right uh the great alaskan bush company <laughs> which is just so punny i've been there to the bush company yeah. why don't you go to a strip club <laughs> trip there. Me and Shelby went the <laughs> Great Alaskan Bush <laughs> Company. Yeah uh, and I actually have a t-shirt from there. Oh my god. <laughs> that we that we won because we got on stage. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we need to find that t-shirt. Oh man that's the first strip club I've ever been to. Oh my. And it was in Alaska. In Alaska. <laughs> Oh, that's really fucking funny. Okay. Uh, All well, right. We also video. got the, uh, the Arctic Fox. That's fun. Uh, And the Booby Trap. <laughs> that's also fun. And like half of these are still open. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Uh, I know the Bush Company we is. We know the Bush Company is. <laughs> uh, So the Booby Trap Club specifically had so many disturbances between 1979 and 1983 that the cops recorded over 200 dispatches to that club alone. Whoa. That's a lot of dispatches. Yeah. And that doesn't even <laughs> include them just like popping in there on their route. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So, Robert found <laughs> that these places were perfect for hunting ground for him to yeah. find his victims. Oh, yeah. Robert was a regular patron of the strip clubs on 4th Ave because he was there so often the girls and bartenders were familiar with Robert. And in turn, they knew what he liked. Ah, so, like, little all right. quirks that he had. Okay. So, this one specifically was that he would want the, the girls to make the first move on him because it was part of, like, this weird fantasy he had. Oh. That, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, like, they gotta come to me. <laughs> So this is what he said about it later. Okay. Uh, quote, she had to come out and say we could do it, but it's going to cost you some money. Then she was no longer, I guess, what you would call a decent girl. I could like it's just like fucking puke <laughs> right now. Yeah. So he liked the role play of like, oh, I'm a dirty I'm a, girl. I'm a dirty girl. Oh, I yeah. hate that. I don't so even like nasty. saying that. <laughs> so yeah, fucking that's nasty. Really gross. Okay. So when we get down to the actual crimes and murders that Robert commits, I'm um, going to do as much as I can to give you the information on the victim he has. Okay. Uh, some have more information available than others since you know, yeah. this is the kind of like the career path they were on. Yeah. So, it's the 70s. We don't have a lot of info on Yeah. Okay. So to make things a little more chronologically sound, I'm going to go in the order of when he committed the crimes and okay. then also include when the bodies were discovered. So you can All see right. like the full like timeline. Yeah. Because some of these bodies were killed, like some of his like first victims were killed uh, like right away but then not found until he was actually captured. Oh. Uh, okay. Alright. Cool. So in Robert's eyes, as we know, uh, once again the girl was no longer a regular decent girl then they transformed into that dirty working girl uh, that's when they were no longer worthy to him and they could be killed okay so like he didn't even see them as human at that point that's crazy okay so women that robert hits on at the strip clubs described him as being quote the perfect dork huh. and at the beginning of the interaction with him they didn't feel threatened at all just basically peered on his like appearance yeah um he still had his stutter in adulthood but not as severe and he was pretty thin and kind of like lanky and wore glasses yeah and he kind like of oh, <laughs> look like a frog did kind of look like a frog Okay. So this 4th Avenue area was ripe with crime. There was assaults, robberies, firebombs, and just like an insane amount of violence occurring. And the cops like really had their work cut out for them. Wow. Okay. Alright. In the mid 70s, two sex workers actually told police that they felt threatened by Robert and that he had told them all about his rape fantasies and it really freaked these two girls out. Uh, yeah. Both of the girls said that the way he was acting was not normal behavior, you think? Uh, compared yeah. to what they were used to. Because they're used to guys. Well, they knew like, him. Or, well, yeah, they knew him and they yeah. knew like how other of their clients acted, and it was not the same. Okay. So they were they were all used to him by this point, and the police took this super seriously, and they questioned Robert. Oh, all right. No, That's they good. didn't. I'm just kidding. Oh, they did shoot. not do that. <laughs> uh, they didn't give two okay. shits about what these these two sex workers were saying. You had me they going. Because they were sex workers, they don't matter. You had me going there that they actually cared. Okay. No, they don't care. That's great. Uh, so uh, they they basically were like, you are not really worthy of our time and energy. So yeah, bye. We believe that guy. God damn it. Okay. Robert followed a female customer home from his bakery. And just to point out, this is December 1971. Those two girls said that in the mid-70s. So this is right before he starts freaking out sex workers. Ah. So. Okay. December 1971, Robert followed a female customer home from his bakery. Oh. And when he got there, he snuck up behind her and asked her to go on a date with him. What? Yeah, he's just like... (laughs) creepily what? stalking this girl home at night <laughs> that's so weird and uh. snuck up behind her and was like will you go on a date with me and she was like no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you're fucking weird go away that's so strange okay uh in that very moment robert seemed kind of okay and not really bothered by the situation uh, um okay. even though like the woman was basically like no <laughs> you freaking me out so go away so he just left it was like okay yep he just left uh but a week later i guess he had stewed on it for you know a week Yeah. and he returned to her home with a gun and tried to kidnap her yeah that's that's how we solve our problems what? luckily for this woman robert had gotten arrested during the process and the woman was not harmed oh okay. Yep. Uh, Robert ends up getting out on bail, and a few days later, on Christmas Day, the uh, body of Celia Van Zandt was discovered at McHugh State Park. Whoa. That escalated yep. real quick. He was like, oh, I tried to capture this customer of mine. Yeah. Didn't work out, uh, so I'm going to kill this sex worker. What? Yep. Oh, so, my. Okay. Uh, Celia's hands were bound behind her back with speaker wire, and she had multiple lacerations on her chest. Oh, my God. Uh, now, keep in mind, this is Anchorage, Alaska. In December. Oh, it's fucking cold. It's fucking cold as shit. Yeah. Uh, so this poor girl did not die due to the lacerations on her chest or any trauma. She had frozen to death in the park after escaping her attacker. Oh, my God. So this is when he starts kind of figuring out what his M.O. is. Yeah. Uh, the oh. temperature outside that night she was trying to escape was negative five degrees oh. Fahrenheit. And I bet we that some... wind chill was we... like negative fucking 20. Yeah. We got, uh, we got some U.K. listeners, so we got to emphasize when we're talking about Fahrenheit and Celsius now <laughs> you're right well and all the yeah. basically every other country besides ours because <laughs> we're stupid <laughs> <laughs> we're so dumb in the u.s <laughs> anyway okay. i digress right. uh yeah so it's negative five degrees fahrenheit outside oh um my. and while so all while is out on bail and could be spending time with his kids yeah for the holiday around christmas around christmas now he's murdering oh Oh, my. He's like, nah, I'm going to take my my sweet time and my angst. I'm going to murder those that don't deserve to live because she's dirty. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, no. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, a few days before this, Robert had assaulted and attempted to rape a sex worker as well. And all these women are going to the police and the police just aren't doing anything about it. Oh, boy. That's yeah. fantastic. So just in December 1971, he stalked a customer and tried to kidnap her. Yeah. Tried to do the same thing to a sex worker. Yeah. And then he did this. Oh, my. Okay. All right. Um, also, the I just want to point out that Robert committed the bus garage crime in December, too. So maybe he just <laughs> had seasonal depression. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hey, I I get the same Can thing. Th- if it's too cold or too dark too- for too long, uh, I'm gonna lose it. Yeah, especially yeah. in uh, Alaska, because they only have, like, like three hours of daylight or something during that time. Yeah, so Shelby and I went up there in January, and I think we had, like, four hours of daylight. It was light from, like, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's and crazy. And that was it. That's insane. That was it. <laughs> yeah. I would not live there full-time. Uh, I liked it, because it was different, but yeah, I wouldn't live there forever. No. No. Uh, so this is how, you know, good old, uh, Bobby's M.O. would work. Okay. So, uh, Robert would pick up a sex worker in his car, drive them to his home or a hotel, torture and rape them. And then once he was bored of that, I guess, he would uh, get them onto his uh, bush plane. His plane? Yeah, like those little, plane? Little, those little ones that you see like in movies in the wilderness and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he had a bush plane. Oh, right. Yep. Uh, he would fly them out into the middle of B.F.E., uh, drop them off, <gasps> let them roam for a little while, and then he would hunt them like an animal. <laughs> what yeah oh, that's yeah. crazy yeah, he's just like totally normal things for a man to be doing That's wild. That's Uh completely insane. Okay. Um, Also, uh, Robert denies ever killing Celia, but the MO fits exactly with what he was doing, so I'm fairly certain he did do that one. It's just that was the one that he didn't admit to. Oh, and she's the one who froze, I mean, essentially froze to death. She froze to death, yeah. Uh, Oh my god. So, while officers are out asking questions and interviewing potential witnesses about who could have murdered Celia, an informant named Robin Patterson told police that she had a weird and awful experience with a John- That had bad acne scars, short, and had a stutter. Ah, um, sounds like old Bob. Yeah, it might be Bob. Bob the Baker. Oh my, all right. So, Robin got into Robert's car, and Robert immediately pulled a gun on her and then drives her to a motel. He raped her, puts her in the back of the car, and drives her out to the wilderness and tells her, I'm sorry, but I can't let you go. That's so scary. It's scary. That's terrifying. But Robin, she's a cheeky little girl and she's able to talk herself out of it. Oh. Robin told Robert that she hated cops and she wouldn't talk to the cops because she's basically like, look, look at my profession. I don't like cops. You don't like cops. I'm not going to talk to the cops. Yeah. And he lets her go. Oh. All right. Let cool. Her go. Yep. So uh, Robert then went through Robin's purse, got her license and wrote down her parents' address down on a piece of paper. Before he let her go? Before he let her go. Robert then told Robin he would kill both her And her parents, if he ever found out she went to the cops. He's getting some insurance for himself. Yeah. So when Robert dropped her off, he told her he wished they had met under different circumstances. Okay. Yeah, isn't that gross? Like this isn't a date, Bobby. Yeah. It's not like a (laughs) She also like wasn't gonna date you anyway. You were a John. Or you're supposed to be a John. (laughs) Weird. Okay. So what she says to him obviously worked. He let her go, um and she's—I think she was just like able to like humanize herself enough to him, and he was like, "Okay, she's not like the rest of them. I yeah. can let her go." I think, and it just wasn't fun for him at that point because he's feel he feels like he's killing a nice girl, and he doesn't want to kill nice girls. He wants to kill dirty girls. Yeah, interesting. But she was able to appeal to like, well, I don't like the cops, and mm-hmm. and I would never rat. Yeah, I would never do that, and like look how they treat me, and yeah. you know all that stuff. So I think that's what cheated. Huh. All right. Well, I'm glad it worked. Yep. So, after Robin tells the story to the cops, they haul his ass in for questioning. No. Finally, Uh, the cops had a handwriting sample from when Robert signed himself and Robin into the motel, and they asked Robert to empty out his pockets and wallet when he got into the interrogation room. Okay. What do you know? They found a piece of scrap paper with Robin's father's name on it. Yeah, the one that he wrote down. Yep, the one that he wrote down. Okay. Uh, This, you know, great evidence, right? Lock his ass up. Um, I would say that's surefire evidence. Yep, no. Um, One of the cops got freaked out because he thinks that they need a warrant to search his pockets. And this cop didn't think that the evidence would be admissible in court, so they just let Robert go. They let him go. Also, like, if you just asked him to empty his pockets, and he did, you, don't, you don't need a warrant. He just gave you the he evidence. He gave you the evidence. Yeah. yeah. What? You don't need a warrant for that. No, especially if you read him his Miranda rights. It's like... not like you dug through his pockets and was like, what's this? Yeah. He a- gave it to you. They asked you to empty his pockets. And he did. He did. <laughs> you got the stuff. <laughs> What? I don't. I don't understand. Okay, uh, this uh, cop is clearly a moron. Yeah. So All they right. think um, that they just like kind of use that as an excuse to let him go because they knew him from the bakery, and they're like, he's a nice guy. He would oh, never do that. He's girl, the donut man. He's the donut man. These girls are just trying to railroad him and get money. What? Uh, yeah, but this, like, was completely normal. He had a lot of friends in law enforcement, as well as other business owners, and they all thought he was, like, an upstanding great citizen. Uh, his friends would even come in to the station and vouch for his character or give fake alibis. Uh, yeah, that's how he's uh, able to get away with so many of these crimes, because his what? friends are giving fake alibis. Oh my god. Yep. Which is crazy, because growing up, he didn't fit in anywhere. And no. all of a sudden, he lives in Anchorage, Alaska, and I he's think best he j- buddies with everybody? I think he just kind of figured out how to act, and then, like, hunting, I think, gave him, like, his self-confidence. That he never had before, so oh. now he's like just—he's cherishing that. He's—he's he's getting off on it. He's like, I know how to hunt stuff and bake donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Well, that, okay. That checks out. That makes sense. So, in 1972, Robert served six months after being convicted of assault and got placed on a work release program. Okay. Six months. Cool. I also want to know who's running the bakery while he's in jail. Yeah. I guess his wife, maybe? I guess so. I don't know. His kids, because yeah. he had to work at his, his dad's bakery. Yeah. So, maybe he made his kids do it, too. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. in 1973, a school teacher that was visiting from the one of the lower 48 states was working at her side hustle as an exotic dancer. Okay. Get a girl yeah you know what teachers are not paid enough she's got to make ends meet yeah uh she was assaulted by robert and uh <sighs> robert ended up going free on this charge because the da assigned to the case wouldn't let the woman testify through a mediator what does that mean uh basically like she would tell this mediator what she wanted said in court so that she, oh, she didn't she, have to speak so she didn't have to speak oh. because she didn't want like someone from her school or like another teacher or something finding out that she was an exotic dancer because she thought she would lose her job oh because uh, uh, that, okay. that was a thing back Alright. So, uh, oh, also on July fifth, nineteen seventy-five, a twenty-two-year-old woman named Mary Kathleen Phil disappeared. Uh, Robert never admitted to this one, and her body was never found. But Mary was last seen going to a bakery <gasps> before she disappeared. Okay, so we can put the pieces together on that one. Yeah, maybe, okay. maybe a little bit. In nineteen seventy-six, Robert pled guilty to larceny after he was caught stealing a chainsaw from a Fred <laughs> Meyer store. A chainsaw. <laughs> what also okay. for our listeners fred meyer is like the equivalent of like a sears or like a yeah like a department department store with like hardware with hardware <laughs> okay uh it's like lowe's uh, goes jc penny i guess i don't know yeah the love child yes of lowe's and jc penny okay <laughs> uh for this robbery rob was sentenced to five years in prison wait hold on so we got six months for assault and five and months for theft five... or five <laughs> sorry five months fuck five years <laughs> for theft for stealing a lawn m- or a chainsaw. Yes. What? Okay. Uh he ends up getting this reduced to 16 months, shocking. Oh. And he claims he stole it to quote "give to his father for Christmas." Oh, cuz it's... it's fine if it's a gift. Yeah, he wasn't stealing it for himself. <laughs> he he wasn't had... going to keep it. He already had a chainsaw. He needed one for his dad. <laughs> That's so weird. All right. So, five years. Okay, cool. So, while Robert was uh, (laughs) confessing to this, he told officers he just liked stealing things, and it gave him a thrill to see if he could get away with it. All right. Like, it didn't matter what he was stealing. He just liked stealing. Yeah. Because, I mean, the bakery was doing well. He didn't need to steal. No. Okay. So, summer of 1979, the body of Robert's first, uh, quote, claimed victim was found. (sighs) And she is still unidentified to this day. Oh, my God. She's actually known as E. Clutna Annie. I had to say that, like, 17 times when I was reading it. I was like, how the fuck do you say that word? I know. It doesn't E-clutna look Clutna right. Annie. Okay. I don't know. We're going to call her Annie. Okay. Because I don't... It's rude. Just call her Annie. Yeah. And she was found uh, buried next to a power line on July twenty-first, nineteen seventy-nine. Robert admits that he drove her out to the uh, Eklutna Lake. Okay, that's why she got that name. Now I remember. Ah, Which is yes. northeast of Anchorage. Okay. Robert got his truck stuck in the snow, and he told the woman he just had to go get it unstuck, and he would drive her right home. <sighs> The woman didn't believe him because he had been giving her creepy ass vibes the whole whole night. Yeah. So she escapes out of the truck and she books it into the woods. Oh, good girl. Yep, okay. good girl. Robert started chasing her, and once he caught up to her, she whipped a knife out of her purse because she's a bad motherfucking bitch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, piece of shit Robert got the knife from her and rustles her to the ground and stabs her to death with her own knife. Oh. I don't know. Isn't that brutal? I hate that. I'm like, she almost escaped from you. Just let her go. I know. You're getting getting away with all this shit anyway. Fuck. Okay. So a couple months later, since this event went so well, Robert figures he's going to get another go. Okay. Uh, But he changes things up a little bit and uses his uh, camper instead of his truck. I guess it's easier to rape and torture somebody in a... Camper, uh, yeah, because he wouldn't have to take him back home. Yeah, he could just or to a hotel. Do it right in the the glamper. That's fucked up. Okay. Yep. But this time, uh, Robert's victim gets away from him. Uh, unfortunately, our lovely Anchorage PD didn't believe this woman. So she got away. She okay. gets away, and then they she tells the police, and they don't believe her. Uh, well, first of all, he's clearly not very good at this because the past three people have escaped. Oh yeah, and there's more that escape. Oh my god. Okay. So, uh, after she managed to escape from Robert, she showed up to some like random person's home that she found. Yeah. Uh, with her hands and feet all cut up from being tied up with guitar string. Uh, she gave a complete description of Robert and even gave his name because she knew who he was. He's the baker. He's the baker. Bobby the baker. Uh, uh, the cops basically told her it's really just your word against his and we're taking his word. What? You, don't you love male <laughs> white privilege? That's we gotta We so gotta love it. Uh, yeah so nothing uh, happens here and the cops just thought she was crazy. She's crazy and she's trying to railroad our boy Bobby the Baker that's insanity and he's been imprisoned before yeah for assault and he also had that call for the uh the woman he followed home and tried to kidnap yeah yeah no (sighs) So now we're going to fast forward six months okay. to uh, May 19th, 1980. 24-year-old Joanna Messina was a local dancer, and she went out to dinner with Robert this night. Okay. Joanna offered him sex for cash, which, you know what? That makes her in oh, his eyes. Yep, that's whenever he's like, oh, she's not a good girl she's anymore. She's not a good girl anymore. Yep. Not okay. So Robert refused to pay, and he uh, shot her. Oh. And, and I, did, I wanted to skip this part because it makes me sad, but he also shot her dog. <gasps> her dog! I know. Um, i can't do the i can't do the doggies style and it makes it hurts my heart I know Um, so Uh, he dumped Joanna's body in a gravel pit and then he took the gun and dumped it into the snow river and then threw her belongings and her dog into the woods. uh, She didn't, he didn't even let her like live her life out with her dog buried next to her piece of shit. Oh, that's so sad. That is super sad. Okay. Yeah. So Joanna's body was found a month and a half later on July 8th, completely decomposed and her body had been ravaged by wildlife. Oh man. That's so terrible. He's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. So, a little over a month later, Robert claims another victim, because I guess he's got the summer vibe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and this was 24-year-old Roxanne Eastland, and she vanished on June 28th, 1980. Okay. Roxanne was living in a motel with her boyfriend in Anchorage, and the day she went missing, she was supposed to meet a John on 4th Ave. Robert. Uh, which is the, the shady. Yeah. The shady so That's shades. where the Bush Company is. That's where our, <laughs> Yep. That's where the Bush Company is. Okay. Robert does admit to this one later when he's caught, but Roxanne's body was never recovered. Oh. So. And so far I feel like I say this every episode, but this is a lot of people. It's a lot of people. <laughs> this is crazy. Okay. Yeah, and he's like not like up there with like the more well known serial killers like Ted Bundy and all I've them. never heard of him. And like he's he's just as bad. Yeah. Okay. Um so on July 10th, 1981, exotic dancer Malaya Larson was reported missing and her body was discovered several years later on April twenty-fourth, nineteen eighty four, close to the Nick River Bridge. She's twenty eight years old. Oh my god. Okay. Um I didn't have Lot of information about that so yeah uh, okay. that's that's what we have um a little over a month later robert murders 41 year old lisa Fortrell which i think she's his oldest victim okay uh lisa would be the last victim he claims in like that short period of time okay um so robert's next victim actually wouldn't be for another year oh all right lisa was working at a strip club in anchorage on fourth ave where she meets robert hansen yep. robert abducted her from the parking lot of the club and when lisa didn't come home from work her two roommates immediately reported her missing good girl girls. Good girls. Lisa's body actually wouldn't be discovered for over four years buried next to the Nick Bridge. Four years? Four years. Oh my god this is insane. So this is when Robert takes his like year-long break from killing and he won't claim another victim until November 17th 1981. I wonder why that was Uh, I don't know maybe he like he had a kid that was born or yeah stuff going on with the marriage or the bakery huh okay I All don't right. know who knows Um. so Sherry Morrow was a 23 year old dancer who worked at a little side hustle selling nude photos oh get it girl she's is the creator of OnlyFans yeah sure Um. so Sherry told some friends she was meeting up with a client to take some photos on November 17th 1981 okay she was gonna make 300 bucks from the shoot Yeah. Oh. which back then would have been equivalent to about uh 992 dollars oh and today's money In today's money that's a ton of money for back then yeah a thousand bucks for to take like 20 pictures a couple <laughs> pictures and then you're you're done yeah Yeah. okay so during that one uh robert confessed oh sorry so during one of robert's confessions he states that he drove sherry out to an abandoned shack with an ace bandage wrapped around her eyes which is just weird like what the fuck <sighs> I feel like he's not planning any of this. He's just like women. It's work. all on a whim. Yeah, like what? they're not. None of them are like the same. They're and, kind of the same. And he's just kind of they're... winging it the whole time. Yeah, and like not really getting away with it, but getting away with it. Robert claims he did this because he had no intention on killing the girls. He didn't want them to know where he was taking them because he wanted to keep using that location to do his creepy business in the future. And it was the girls' fault because they went crazy and made him, um, made him murder them. Oh, if they weren't okay. acting crazy, he wouldn't murder them. Yeah. Yeah, and he's saying that he blindfolded her because he didn't want to know where she didn't want where to. he was taking her because you're in the middle of fucking Alaska <laughs> where she doesn't know where the fuck she is. Yeah, and that she or that he didn't intend on killing them. Yeah, that's bullshit. I'm like, you blindfolded them because you didn't want to look them in the eyes. You little piece of shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So uh, during the Sherry murder, Robert ends up getting his SUV stuck in the snow again. No. Like, why does this keep happening to you? You live in Alaska. Get some chains. Get some fucking snow tires and <laughs> yeah. learn how to drive. Yeah. So, Robert gets out and tries to get the car out of the snow, and while he's doing this, Sherry escapes out of the truck. Okay. But keep in mind, not only is she blindfolded, she's also got her arms tied behind her back, probably with some kind of wire. Yeah. Sherry doesn't get far, Robert catches up to her, and the piece of shit actually, like, sits back and watches her run around in circles, (gasps) screaming, before he shoots her in the back. (gasps) Yeah. That's... I'm like, yeah, you didn't want to kill them. That's fucked you up. You fucking piece of shit. That's really fucked up. Oh, my um, God. Like, he's treating this like a game. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like a video game. I'll just let them yeah, escape. Yeah, literally. Hunt them, and then, you know, I'll kill them at my own leisurely time. Oh, my goodness. That's so wild. So, Robert up a little bit here. And okay. decides to take a trophy off of his victim. Oh. Robert noticed that Sherry had a gold arrowhead necklace and he takes it off of her. Okay. Serial killers love their trophies. They sure do. Yeah. And that's usually how they get um, caught. Yes. eventually. Which is how he kind of gets caught. Oh. Uh, okay. And Robert takes trophies from a lot of his victims because he enjoys, you know, showing off his work like his animal heads. Yeah. And having something to like look at and remember. Exactly. Okay. So, in Robert's mind it's like the same thing. You know, necklace that I stole from someone I murdered is equivalent to the head of a, a, a elk, deer, or deer, whatever. whatever. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, Sherry's body was discovered by some hunters who found her in a shallow grave by the <sighs> Nick River okay. almost a year later from when she disappeared on September 12, 1982. All right. Which is also where Lisa Futrell was found. Oh, okay. So, Sherry suffered three gunshot wounds from a two-twenty-three Ruger hunting rifle. Uh, I think that's how you say that? I don't know. Yeah, that's it. I don't really know guns. You're good. Uh, so, what's weird about this one is that they found Sherry fully clothed so you would assume that she was shot while still dressed. Okay, but there was no bullet holes on her clothing. Huh. So her attacker un- had her undressed, shot her, and, and then, then put redressed clothes her back on. Then redressed her. Yep. And then threw her into a shallow grave. Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. So I wonder. Uh, that's usually a sign of remorse, though. But I don't think he had any remorse. But he also blindfolded them, which makes me feel like he didn't want to look at them. So yeah. maybe she just had, I don't know. Or maybe, I mean, not to be like super dark about it, but like, I guess she was running around like naked and he killed her and then he was like, I'm going to put her clothes back on her. So, f- I don't, yeah, I don't oh, get it. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. So now we got uh, Tamara, aka Tammy Peterson. Okay. Was a 20-year-old dancer in Anchorage. Tammy was last heard from on August 7th, 1982 when she called home and told her family she was going to be meeting a John to take some photographs and he was going to give her $300. Ah. Okay. Same memo. There's yep. that $300 again. Robert kidnapped, uh, raped, and murdered her, and Robert actually led investigators to Tammy's body, and she was found close to the Knit River Bridge as well on April 29th, 1984. I wonder why, because some of these, they never found the body. So why does he lead some of them? Um, We'll get to that. Oh. I have a theory on that. Oh. Okay. All so right. now we got 24-year-old Andre Mona Altieri, okay. a.k.a. Fish. Oh, Fish. I don't know why she was called that. I like that. Uh, who sadly never had her body discovered. Okay. Her story is told by Robert, so take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. So, Fish was last seen getting into a taxi headed to the Boniface Mall in Anchorage. Okay. She told a friend that she was going to meet a man, do a photo shoot, get some exotic dances, but she was never seen again. <sighs> Obviously, the unknown man is Robert, yeah. um, as he uses ruse with numerous victims in the past. Investigators were able to discover she was one of Robert's victims when they searched his home and found several of her personal belongings, including a fish necklace. And oh, fish necklace. That he took as a trophy. Oh. So now he's got the arrowhead necklace and the fish necklace. And the fish necklace. Oh my god. So, okay. Robert's story is that after he abducted Fish at the gunpoint, after meeting her, and like with the others in the past, he blindfolded and cuffed her. They drove out towards the Nick River Bridge, and he took a service road off the Palmer Highway. Once they pulled over to a remote area, Robert let Fish out of the car, undid her restraints, and blindfold, and proceeded to rape her. <sighs> After he was finished, he shot her with a twenty-two pistol, stole her fish necklace, weighted her bag down with rocks and gravel, tied the bag to her body, and threw her off the bridge into the Nick River. Oh my god. And it's like, he would have never stopped. No. If he and hadn't been caught, he like, would have never stopped. And he could have been caught before any of this stuff yeah, happened. Yeah, he could have been caught for the goddamn chainsaw. And yeah. if he would just stayed in jail for five years. Yeah, maybe he would have chilled out a little bit. Oh, okay. So, 24-year-old Angela Lynn Federn was last seen in February 1983 on 4th Ave in Anchorage, but she wasn't reported missing until three months later in May by her boss at the strip club. Oh. Angela's body was discovered on April 26th, 1984 near Figure 8 Lake. Okay. Which is a really cool name, Figure 8 Lake. I do like that. I'm assuming all of these places are fairly close together. As close together in Anchorage as you can get because like, okay. he's going kind of like into BFE wilderness, Alaska, because yeah. that's where like, he gets, like, nobody's going to bother him. He doesn't yeah. have to worry about anybody driving up on him that kind of thing okay so now we got teresa watson who was a 22 year old dancer in anchorage and she was last seen on march 25th 1983 teresa told her roommate she was going to meet a john and they met at the scenic lake where robert abducted her at gunpoint and raped and killed her oh my god because it was still cold and the ground was frozen robert couldn't dig a grave to bury her so he just left her as is and she was discovered a little over a year later on may 17th 1984 like that's how remote these places are. oh yeah i was just she about wasn't to say. even found until a year later and he just left her body out this is crazy so now we have our next victim sue luna who was a 23 year old dancer and sue agreed to meet robert for a nude photo shoot where she would make 300 dollars sue met robert at a restaurant parking lot and was never seen again robert raped tortured her and then uh, dropped her off in the wilderness and made her run for her life while he hunted and stalked her with his rifle robert dumped her body in the nick river after killing her I feel like I've said this like a dozen times, but we still have more because I he's know. a piece of shit. This so, is... I promise we're we're getting to the end of the victims and the bad okay, stuff. Okay, please do because I'm getting too sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ah. So, on uh, July 19th, 1983, Robin Pelkey went missing. Uh, and for a long time, her body was actually unidentified until investigators used forensic genealogy to identify her. Ah. Oh, like, I fucking uh, love with this shit happens. Like, um, um, fuck. Baumeister. Yes. Yeah, yeah Baumeister. That just happened this year. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yep. All right. Cool. So, she had been nicknamed Horseshoe Harriet until she was found, uh, because, or, sorry, until she was properly identified. Okay. Remed. Uh, because she was found in Horseshoe Lake in Palmer, Alaska. Oh, okay. Uh, it can be assumed that this is one of Robert's victims, uh, because Robin was stabbed, shot, dumped, and she fits the physical description for the type of women he liked to brutalize. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now we have, uh. Uh, On an unspecific date, but March 1983 is when Dolin, aka Sugar, was was last seen. Sugar was not reported missing immediately, but she was also abducted and murdered by Robert. She actually went unidentified until 1989 until a heroic state trooper recognized some of her jewelry from some evidence photos. Oh. She was originally buried as a Jane Doe in the Anchorage after she was discovered by a pilot on the Nick River Sandbar. Okay. He was really into jewelry. That was his thing. Yeah. That he wanted. Yes. And I think it's like quick and easy. Like something he can take. Just rip. Yeah. yeah. And okay. it's still on their bodies even if he makes them undress them like and get naked. Like yeah. it's still like on their body. So maybe that's why. Oh my god. So uh, next victim is Paula Golding. Paula was a 30-year-old dancer in Anchorage, and on April 25th, 1983, Robert offered Paula some cash for sex, and once again, she got in the car, and he kidnapped her at gunpoint. Robert drove Paula out to his bush plane, restrained her, and shoved her out of the plane once they got into the wilderness. Robert made Paula strip down out of her clothes, did the same thing he did with the last girl, and hunted her down like she was an animal. Oh, my God. Paula actually fought like hell, though, before running away, and Robert had a hard time getting her to flee like he wanted, because she wasn't playing any of his bullshit games. Yeah, yeah. Robert ends up finding Paula and shot her with his hunting rifle. Uh. And he buried her in a shallow grave near the Nick River. And when she was found, she was, again, fully clothed. Yeah. But there was no gunshot holes or, like, evidence of, like, on her clothes. Yeah. So he also undressed and then redressed her. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So now we get to his kind of his final victim, Cindy Paulson. There's actually a movie about him and Vanessa Hudgens plays Cindy Paulson. Oh. And she's, she plays it very well. Oh, all right. Um, cool. But- We'll have to watch it. Uh, she's the one that gets his ass caught. So, now we've got Cindy Paulson, who's a badass bitch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cindy Paulson was 19 years old when she agreed to have sex with Robert for cash. Cindy told the police that he had offered $200 to perform oral sex, but when she got into his car, Robert drove her to his home, where he tortures, rapes, and beats her. Okay. Robert had Cindy tied up to a post by her neck in the basement. And Robert, he was all worn out from raping and being a dick bag. Yeah. So he went upstairs to take a nap on the couch. Okay. Cindy tried to escape these restraints, but couldn't. All right. So when Robert woke up from his nap, he drove out to Merrill Airfield, which is where he keeps his bush plane. Robert told Cindy they were going out to his cabin, which is where that... It's so a shack was. Yeah. It's not a cabin. That's a fucking shack. And Robert promised to have her back home by 11 a.m. the next day. I mean, she's been tied up in his basement. Yeah. Um, I, don't I don't think he's bringing you back home. No. no. So this is when Cindy escapes the truck and runs to Fifth Avenue. Oh. Okay. Cindy had waited until Robert's back was turned, and she crawled over the back seat and escaped out of the driver's side door. Oh. And Cindy purposely left her shoes on the back seat of the car to prove that she was there inside that car when she was going to go talk to the cops. Yes. Good girl. Good Always leave girl. evidence behind. So Robert Robert, when he knows Cindy was running, freaks out and starts chasing her. So now while he's chasing her, a security guard at the airport saw Robert running and being frantic and he thought that was weird. Yeah. So but just some random man running run around from his, his plane. plane. Yeah. <laughs> um okay. scrawny looking weird dude. Yep. Yeah. And so the security guard ended up making eye contact with Robert. Robert stops immediately and just like starts walking back to the airfield like nothing is happening. Uh, okay which is like even weirder in my opinion but whatever like he looks yeah he's suspicious like oh, as fuck now. running oh, and then uh, nope nope everything's fine like i'm fine and he's I, like he don't be this. suspicious don't be suspicious <laughs> that's what yeah. he's doing yeah uh, yeah okay so but the security guard was like eh weird whatever white people and he just took down robert's license plate anyway just in case oh okay I'm good i'm coming handy so cindy makes it to fifth ave and flags down a driver named robert yaunt i'm gonna call him yaunt as to not be confusing yeah with Bob. Yes. <laughs> okay. With Bobby. Yep. So Yaunt <laughs> okay. drove them over to an inn, or like motel, where okay. Cindy went in and asked the clerk to at the desk to phone her boyfriend slash pimp. Oh. Yaunt, at this point, doesn't know what to do, because Cindy just ran out of his vehicle into the inn. So Yaunt calls the cops, like, as he's driving off, and tells them about the weird situation he just encountered with this half-naked girl. Yeah. Who's beaten bruised and bleeding, and, you know, what she told him. Okay. So Anchorage PD arrives at the inn, where Cindy was dropped off, and we're told by the clerk that that Cindy had took a cab to the motel where her pimp was staying. All right. Slash boyfriend. You know, pimpy boyfriend. Yeah. Officers arrived at the hotel where Cindy was and knocked on her room and found Cindy still handcuffed and alone in her room. Oh, okay. Well, why was she alone if she had called the pimp? Yeah. Well, her boyfriend got the story from Cindy and he went out looking for Robert Hansen himself to go take care of business on his own. Whoa. That's a standout pimp. Yeah. He's like, don't fuck with my girl. And also, uh, pretty ballsy. But yeah. I guess if you're a pimp you have to be pretty ballsy yes because you are already doing an illegal career so <laughs> yeah. so okay. the cops take cindy back to the station and cindy tells them all about what happened with robert hansen okay hansen is taken in and questioned by officers and old bobby says cindy was just trying to cause him some trouble because he refused to pay her extortion demands okay yeah okay robert uh which this is not that surprising because that's literally what he tells them every single time yeah he's um, been arrested like what fucking five times and now? The, he's says the same thing every time and the police always believe him. God. So, Robert is very deliberate in his decision to choose sex workers or dancers uh-huh. as his victims because he knows that they either, A, it's less likely they will be reported missing, and if they are, it's a, not a lot of efforts going into being put to find them because they're considered flight risk to the police. Yeah. Or, B, no one believes their stories, so they just go in with whatever Robert says happens because white male privilege. Yeah. My favorite thing. Oh, my God. Uh, it's Robert's words against the sex workers, essentially, and uh, the neighborhood nice guy Baker always gets the W here. Uh. Until sin. Cindy. I know. Love Cindy. Cindy, you about to save some lives. So Literally. He <laughs> would have never stopped. Yeah. So after Roberts called into the department for questioning, he even offers offers to let officers search his home without a warrant. Because he thinks that he's smarter than everyone here. Okay. Fucking dumb. Stupid. Fucking hard. Yeah. So Robert is feeling lucky, or just you know better than everybody uh-huh. else. Uh, so the when the PD was looking up his previous record to see what they had, nothing from his past was pulling up because they were in the middle of changing over to a new computer system. Uh, the Convenient. New, the new database. The database. <laughs> Yeah, I got this new database for my cousin, Metheny. I feel like that happens every time. Every time. They're like, oh, we just happened to be switching to the new, new database. And, you know, them FBI folks, they recommended it to us. And we just, we liked the old paper yeah oh, okay. well anyway nothing pulls up so it just you know appears that Robert is just the friendly neighborhood baker uh-huh. instead of the perverted kleptomaniac murderous psychopath that he really is Yeah. okay so before Robert went down to the station he had apparently gone home and cleaned up the scene a little bit in the basement and even patched the hole in the wall that was holding the chain that Cindy was restrained with oh but oh, okay. unfortunately for Robert Cindy has a great eye for detail and she was down there for a while yeah and she described everything else in Hanson's basement perfectly okay. which proved that she was there yeah So then the officers say, well, hey, you know what we should do? We should make Cindy take a polygraph. Uh, Because that's how we treat victims of violent crimes. We're going to make her take the polygraph? We think that they're lying, so we're going to make her take a polygraph. What is happening in Alaska in the 70s? (laughs) I know. (laughs) So, keep in mind, Cindy described Robert as her attacker to a T. Yeah. Gave a full description of his basement and truck and even told them that Robert took her to the airfield. Yeah. And Cindy's covered in injuries that she received from his brutal rape and torture they gave her. So that's it. Case closed. Sex workers, obviously lying about the friendly neighborhood baker and we can drop the whole case what yes what until okay. our knight in shining armor, okay. state trooper detective Glenn Floth, gets oh, Glenn. involved with the case. Oh, okay. We love a Glenn. Love a good Glenn. So, Glenn was already part of the investigative team looking into the dumped bodies around Anchorage. Okay. Unrelated to this case. Oh, okay. So, Glenn is the one that starts being able to identify some of the bodies being found because he's going off a list of missing sex workers that have been going missing over the last several years. Oh. And he ended up with a victim list of ten names. All of the girls were between 5'4 and 5'7 in their 20s and all had jobs as topless dancers at some point and they all had high paying dates arranged the last time they were seen alive ah that $300 $300 okay luckily Glenn is on top of his shit and an investigator on the Anchorage PD named Craig Baker was basically horrified by the entire situation and how it was being handled by his department yeah so he teams up with Glenn to get this shit solved okay Uh, I'm happy that that Mm -hmm. happened Uh, but also where were you where have you been the past 10 years, Craig? Where you been, buddy? Uh, it's (laughs) I mean Maybe he was like a rookie And they weren't taking him serious I have no idea Okay But now right. he's trying to get shit done Okay Don't diss Craig He helps That's true And also I like that his last name is Baker Baker Oh yes And he <laughs> Baker gets the baker <laughs> yeah. We're gonna name the episode that Baker gets the <laughs> baker Baker gets the baker That's fun So okay. uh, Baker comes up with a Really amazing plan To get a search warrant Okay So Craig calls the FBI And talks with Special Agent Roy Hazelwood On getting a criminal profile Made for the suspect Based on the three bodies They were recovered Okay Which for this time is not common for the police departments to willingly call the FBI and ask for help by list yeah, because they got it all on their own. They got it. Yeah. They don't need your voodoo science. They have twelve FBI missing. Man. They have twelve missing women, but they've got it under yeah, control. Yeah, they got it. It's okay. fine. Okay, so uh it's like really weird for them to ask for a criminal psycho- psychological profile. Yeah. So hats off to Baker for thinking outside the four walls here. Yeah, sure. Um And he ends up getting that profile and it nails this douche canoe. Oh, all so, right. Profiling was still new at this point in time so it wasn't just something that people even asked for so i don't even know how he came up with the idea to get this but i'm glad that he did yeah okay and this profile they come with it's just fucking magic it's voodoo science i don't know how they come up with this shit but it's meh it's amazing oh all right roy hazelwood thought that the killer would be an experienced hunter with low self-esteem have a history of being rejected by women also and would feel compelled to keep souvenirs from his crimes (sighs) and he also said this might be a thing but it could also may not be a think he probably has a stutter <gasps> yeah what? Roy and Hazel- he does. And he does. Roy Hazelwood Whoa. is nailing this shit. Yeah. That is very impressive. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Like, that's amazing. That's so, neat. they use this profile and start investigating persons of interest, and then they make it down to Robert Hansen, old Bobby the Baker. Well, he should have been at the top of the list. Yes, he should have been. Which, uh... <laughs> okay. Um, he had already been looked into before. Yeah. And he had a plane, which exactly. he would have needed to get some of these dump scenes, since you could only reach a few of them by boat or plane. Yeah, they weren't in the mail. Mainland. Yeah. Oh my God. So while this is going on, state troopers are also looking at tire treads from other crime scenes. And what do you know? They match the tires on Robert's plane. Oh, okay. So now we have Hazelwood's amazing profile, mm-hmm. Cindy's testimony, and they have enough evidence to finally obtain a search warrant for his home, cars, and plane. All right. So took long enough. On October 27th, 1983, they went to Robert Hanson's house and they uncovered jewelry from some of the victims, yeah. a shit ton of guns hidden away in the Attic, which is weird. Yeah. And Robert was like hiding all the stolen items in like the insulation of the house. Oh. Like that pink, fluffy stuff that yeah. looks like cotton candy, but it's deadly. Yeah. <laughs> so authorities <laughs> also find behind Robert's headboard a map with the little X's marking various locations. Oh. Chilling, Ooh. right? Yeah. Okay. So they compared that with where they had found the four bodies they were investigating Robert <gasps> for, and they all matched. <gasps> including 20 more X's whoa so that's yeah he was keeping a map yeah keeping a map and that's just like we don't know if he did that with his, some of his original victims he may have just started doing that yeah yep oh my god um so this is a fun little tidbit I found in the newspaper reading about this case oh thank okay. you, newspapers.com. Yeah. but because of the success the authorities had in this case with the criminal profile it set a legal precedent in 1983 where psychological profiling could be used as a main base for obtaining a search warrant because before oh. it wasn't. That's good. It's cool, right? Interesting. Good okay. job, Mr. Hazelwood. Cool. Yeah, so, get it. After all this, people still wanted to give Robert alibis, which just blows my fucking mind. Like, <laughs> what? Like, what? Is he that good of a guy? Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't understand. Is he that charismatic? It's the donuts. <laughs> yeah. But when officers went to go talk to these people and verify old Bobby's alibi, they told him that they found it in his home, and everyone was like, oh, never mind. I was lying. Uh, we just didn't really think he did it. What? Yeah, uh, they really uh, thought the girls were, like, railroad him. Are they not are these people not charged with obstruction of justice? Uh I think they were just like, oh fuck it, let's just nail this guy. What? Yep. These people lied. Yep, all of them. Yep. About so, a murderer. Well, <laughs> you know what? He made really good donuts. We yeah. had to believe him. He made good croissant Croissant. <laughs> oh. Okay, sorry. So Robert was finally arrested and okay. formally charged with assault, kidnapping, weapon offenses, theft, and my favorite, insurance fraud. Okay, we'll have to come back to the insurance fraud oh i got that next with murder uh (laughs) not yet okay not yet not yet he will be though all right cool so um the insurance fraud is actually really funny robert had told the insurance company that someone had stolen some of his animal heads and the insurance company actually gave him ten thousand dollars for it and he used that money to buy his bush plane his bush murder plane (laughs) yep his taxidermy heads. <laughs> heads were worth $10,000, apparently. Okay. Maybe it was the ones in the record book. Um. So now we have... Oh, whoop. So, at first when investigators talked to Robert about all the evidence they uncovered in his home, he denied everything. But eventually, Bobby cracked and gave in. But it was still the woman's fault. Okay. He had to murder them. He had they to murder them. They were being crazy. Yeah. Because he, he had... just kidnapped them and they were being insane. Yeah, like, if they weren't being insane, they would have lived. Ugh. <sighs> Isn't that great? So, so Robert, that's so delusional. He goes on to say that if the women had just stayed calm and not freaked out on him, he wouldn't have had to kill them. Okay. Yeah, you know, just stay calm while I release you into the Alaskan wilderness and hunt you like Bambi's mom. Yeah. Well,. so, That's so crazy. I know. So Robert had a twelve hour sit down with a prosecutor oh. and he admitted to everything. Okay. Supposedly. They literally put pieces of evidence in front of him and he would just like point at them and give like the entire backstory and crime on that piece of evidence. Oh, which killers love to do. Yes. They love it if you if you're like, Tell me more about Tell this. me more. He's like, Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. So like they were like uh crime scene photos, jewelries, he would talk about trophies he took, all this shit. Mm-hmm. And then he topped it off with admitting crime he had committed over a decade before starting in 1971 and they were usually younger teens like age 16 to 19 that were not sex workers Yeah. and he admitted to raping at least 37 women and murdering 20 all using the same MO. Over the course of 10 years yep. and anchorage is a tiny itty bitty town mm-hmm. 10 years and he would refer to these as his uh hunts oh my god and his uh summertime project <sighs> like no murdering someone is not a summertime project no like building a deck is a summertime project yeah um painting a bathroom that's a summertime project <laughs> yeah uh, oh, brutally man. raping and murdering somebody—not uh, a summertime project. Not at all. Uh, and Robert's wife and kids had no fucking clue what was going on. They Which no... is crazy because they lived. He lived with them. My I, my <laughs> thought process is, is that maybe they were visiting family in the summertime when he was committing these murders, uh, and they weren't home. So maybe that's possible. Because he brought Cindy back to his house and left her in the basement while he took a nap on the couch. Yeah. So I he can't took a lot of them back to his house. Yeah. So like I can't imagine that his wife had could at any moment just come home and found them like yeah. i'm assuming they probably like went to stay with family or something oh yeah okay I guess so, so. Uh, robert did enter a plea bargain after ballistics matched shell casings found at the scenes to his handy dandy rifle okay so right. he pled guilty to the original four homicides he was originally being investigated for and he wanted to serve a sentence in a federal prison and didn't want to, a ton of publicity so his family wouldn't be affected by it uh, I think they're going to be, but fuck you. Yeah, and also, if you're this crazy, brutal serial killer, you do want the recognition. Mm-hmm. You want yep. the credit for these crimes. Yes. you want all the girls in high school that didn't like you uh-huh. to see what you did and exactly. what you could have done to them. Yeah, okay. Uh, so one of those conditions, though, for those the attorneys to meet his shit, yeah. um, they had to locate all of his victims' bodies okay. so they could bring closure to the families. Yeah. And apparently he was really excited during the whole process, and he knew exactly where each body was buried. Okay. Like, yep. down to the exact hole. Twelve. of the bodies were completely unknown to investigators which was exactly what Robert was looking for like that shock factor and there were some marks on the map he actually refused to locate um I was wondering about that though so maybe they were those were the underage girls like the 16, 17, 18 year olds that like he Uh... like like, he, he knew that, like, he would get the shit beat out of him in prison if people knew that he was a child murderer. Yeah. So, okay. I think that's maybe what it was. Can't confirm it because he wouldn't talk about it, but. Yeah. Uh, his wife and kids actually tried to remain in Alaska, but the kids were bullied and harassed by other kids about what their father had done. Yeah. So, they moved out of state, and Robert's wife also filed for divorce. Okay. Also, don't, yeah. like, don't bully the family for what their family member did. They, did, they didn't do it, and they yeah. didn't know about it. That's true. But also, depending on how old the kids are, no one, kids aren't going to think that way. No, no. Yeah. So, Robert Hansen was sentenced to 461 <laughs> years in prison. 461, okay. Um, he served the beginning of his time at a U.S. penitentiary in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Which, why why was he allowed to go? He was arrested in Alaska. Mm-hmm. All of this happened in Alaska. Why was he allowed to go to Pennsylvania? I think that's just where they placed him, because it was a federal prison, so it didn't really matter where he went. Oh, um, okay. And, yeah, he wanted to go to, like, a nicer prison, essentially. But why would he get to say in that? Cause he led them to some of the victims. Oh, uh, okay. He's a white, part of the deal. Cause he's a white man. Yeah, That's part of the deal. Okay. So, um, and he was eventually moved and served the rest of his time at on his death until his death at the Spring Creek Correctional Center in Seaward, Alaska. Ah, okay. So we did go back to Alaska. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Robert Hansen died at the age of seventy-five on August twenty-first, twenty fourteen, to natural causes. Bye. Yes, it, oh, that move The name of that movie is Frozen Ground. <laughs> came out in 2013, and it's based on this case and stars John Cusack as Bob and Nicholas Cage as the investigator who catches his ass. Yeah, and it is Vanessa Hudgens. It is Vanessa Hudgens. I couldn't remember if it was her or Selena Gomez, but I don't think Selena Gomez acts, or does she? She does. She's in that one with the ghosts. Two ghosts, one no. Two ghosts, one chick. Is it? That... I don't know. <laughs> What it's called. Ah, uh, she is an actress. But that's now. our fun fact. Oh my god. I kind of want to watch that movie now. I watched it a long time ago, but now I want to watch it again. Yeah, I've never seen it. I've never heard of this man. This is insane. This is insane. And Nicolas Cage was in it, so it has to be good. <laughs> the, uh, the main movie, other than National Treasure, that I think of of Nicolas Cage is Con Air. I've never seen it. <gasps> I don't really like movies. I could watch that movie on repeat. This is where I found my love for John Malkovich. Who? <laughs> john malkovich mm-hmm. it, it pisses whitney off she does not know i don't know anything about actors or movies i really don't Nothing. either Nothing. but i am in love with john malkovich i love him i love him so much and him john as Malkovich. him as sigh in con air that was the beginning of the end that was it <laughs> this old ass man yes what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> He is sixty nine years old. He's gorgeous. You're pull- and he's a great actor. You're pulling an Eileen right now. I love him so much. You, no, you acting like Eileen. Uh, my three, my three biggest crushes are John Malkovich. Oh, he was in a bite of Mycen Men. Okay. Yeah, um, John Malkovich, mm-hmm. Gerard Butler, and Gerard Way. You really like your old men. I do. And here's the. You hear that, Dusty? <laughs> It was so weird. So last night, this happened last night. Mm -hmm. Dustin goes to bed at like nine and I go to bed at like 11. I get upstairs, I get in bed and I lay there for like 10 minutes. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I hear Dustin like mumble something. And I said, what? And he said, Gerard Way is six years older than me. (laughs) Oh my God. And I was like, what? We are asleep. He was thinking about it though. Oh, that's uh, the other day. I, um had uh we i had kickball finals so and after kickball i was starving i was like i am so hungry oh, yeah. so i stopped by cookout because that was the only thing open okay yeah and i got myself food and then i didn't really need a drink because i was just gonna drink water yeah and whitney loves their milkshakes but yeah, she's yeah. like got like the list of milkshakes up and she wants to scratch off each flavor that she's had so i was like okay i'm gonna get her a flavor off of the sheet okay so i got her a flavor but she was already asleep when i got home so i shoved it in the freezer yeah. the next morning whitney gets up for work it's like seven ish and she's telling me bye and I'll I was still asleep because I don't wake up until like 7.15. Yeah. And she like shakes me and I was like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I love you. There's a milkshake in the freezer. And she was like, what the? F- it's seven in the morning. And I was like, I don't want to forget to tell you, but there's a milkshake in the freezer. a milkshake in the freezer. Yeah. And she was like, oh, honey, thank you so much. Oh, my God. I'll eat that in 12 hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how we got on on both of these stories, but it happened and it's a thing. Old men and milkshakes. <laughs> Specifically, John Malkovich. I'm um, I'm in yeah, love, and no. we also we we share the same birthday. <laughs> oh my God! It's fucking Sagittarius. <laughs> I've looked is... into him. I've looked into him a lot. Oh man! All right. Well, thanks for hanging out. That was a lot of fun. That yeah. was it. Got real sad. Yeah. Um, but we had um, the beginning, and the end. Were <laughs> I yeah. could laugh a little bit yes. during that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well. Um, um, oh, and before we go, we have an Instagram. You should follow us at hashtag MurderPod. Spell all of it out. You'll find us. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, if you like us. Get Give us five stars. Share us with all your friends yeah. and family. Or if you don't have friends and family, share us with your dog. I don't know. <laughs> Do, but share us yeah. so we can keep making content for you. Yeah. And uh, leave us a rating, though. That really helps a lot. It um, does. It yeah. helps Spotify promote us a little bit more, too. Yeah, all joking aside. So, um, yeah. Yes. So, uh, also on the podcast, you can get hints for new episodes and you can give us requests for new episodes. Yeah. So, follow yeah. us on there and message us. Not on the podcast, on the Instagram. On the Instagram. <laughs> Let's, listen, it's I'm late. tired. <laughs> It's almost nice. <laughs> oh, it's Dustin's bedtime. I'm surprised he hasn't come up here. And I'm tired going <laughs> yeah. to go bed. Anyway, thanks for hanging out. We love you. We bye. We love you. Bye. bye. Don't get into a bush plane with a psycho murderer. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> bye. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Murder. Episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton. Our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton. Our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker. And our name was created by the most wonderful, supportive, and super hot boyfriend, Dustin Branton. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G murderpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye. After all this, people still wanted to... Oh, fuck. I hate when it does this. (laughs) So well that's in the mid seventies. Oh yeah, those years before. Years years after. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Math. Okay. I wonder if he's the oldest of the two siblings if he's a narc, like Clinton. <laughs> what? Yeah. <Start> shit. Over. <laughs> you cracked me up. Okay, so on the outside. If you didn't hear that, that was Lily. She's cheering for us. That wasn't Lily. Oh, that, was that was Dustin. Ollie. Oh that was Dustin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was Dustin yawning. (laughs) Oh, shit. I thought it was Lily. He's so fucking loud. Put a little too much whipped in there.